Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of Fired Up Radio. I am your host, Anthony Hansen. It's so great to be with you guys today on this Monday. We can series through the book of James. We're in the second to last uh, episode or recording for the book of James. We're going to be focusing on James chapter 5 as we're finishing up. James chapter 5, verse 13, all the way down to 18. James chapter 5, 13 through 18. Real quick before we get started, do not forget you can go on Facebook. You can find you can find the podcast there, as well as on Spotify, Anchor.fm, and Apple Podcasts. You can find all previously all previous episodes on there, as well as like, comment, subscribe, share, all that fun stuff. Get to interact with me. I'm able to see y'all's comments as well as how well you guys find the uh, podcast to be. With that being said, I want us to pray, and then we're going to read the word, and then we're going to go ahead and dive right in. I believe that there's something interesting when it comes to how the Apostle James brings up prayer. Okay? There's an interesting thing when when the Apostle James brings up prayer. All right, we're going to get into that in a second here. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for today, because you are faithful and true in all that you say and all that you do. Father, for you are above everything. You are above our times of suffering and our times of need. You are the name that which is above every name. Name of lack, name of anxiety, name of fear. Your name is above everything. Yet you also give to those who ask. So, Lord, today we ask for wisdom, we ask for guidance, we also ask for strength and peace of mind. As we study your word, may we be equipped to know how you want us to stand, not just stand in our faith, but how to be active with our faith. That we may be the example, that we may be a beacon of light. A beacon of hope for the hopeless. A beacon of peace to the hurting. And a beacon beacon of joy to those who are in sorrow. We ask this in your name. Holy Spirit, walk with us, teach us, and show us the heart of the Father. Because who knows the heart of the man better than the spirit of the man. So Holy Spirit, because you know who the Father is and stand in truth, may we also know him in the same regard. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Alright, so James chapter 5, verse 13 through 18 reads, Is anyone among you suffering? He should pray. Is anyone among you cheerful? He should sing praises. Is anyone among you sick? He should call for the elders of the church, and they are to pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. The prayer of faith will save the sick person, and the Lord will raise him up. If he has committed sins, he will be forgiven. Therefore, confess your sins to one another, and pray for one another, so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous of a righteous person is very powerful in its effect. Elijah was a human 
human being as we are. And he prayed earnestly that it would not rain. And for three years and six months, it did not rain on the land. Then he prayed again, and the sky gave rain, and the land produced its fruit. There's a couple, while pondering this, and while thinking about it, and while while reading and studying, there, there's this section can be broke down into can be broken down into three parts. Three parts, okay. Number one is cause and effect. Number one is cause and effect, okay? And that is starting with verse 13 all the way down to 14. Again, it says, if, any, if anyone among you, is, is anyone among you suffering? He should pray. Is anyone among you cheerful? He should sing praises. Is anyone among you sick? He should call for the elders of the church, and they are to pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. See, one thing that James is showing us is that when something happens, we ought to respond in the proper manner. A lot of it is cause and effect. Suffering? Pray. Pray to the Lord that He helps you endure whatever suffering you're going through. For As we did last last morning Wednesday, last Wednesday, 1 Peter 5, 6, and 7. Okay, First Peter five, chapter five, verse six, seven, pretty much says, "Cast your cares upon Him, because He cares for you." Okay, the Lord cares for you, and He cares about your heart. He cares about what you're going through. He cares about your struggles. He cares about your emotions. He cares. He cares about it all. It's not what drives. It's not what drives him to do what he does but he cares he cares because it's part of it's part of development it's part of growth within your faith because mind you faith is not based on emotion but faith is based out of obedience and faith is based out of uh, 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 out of out of believing the unseen faith is part of Faith is about believing the unseen. Because what are we told? Now faith is evidence of things hoped for, of things not yet, of things not seen. Hebrews eleven one, okay. Uh, um, without faith, it is impossible to please God. Number one, who is God? Well, in the first, the first, in the letter of First Peter. He tells us that God is the, or not First Peter, I'm sorry, Colossians. We're told that God is the uncreated one. That Jesus is God incarnate. Jesus is God wrapped in flesh. See, faith is all about believing the unseen. Knowing that he's for you, not against you. Because if he's for you, who can be against you? What can mere mortals do to you? Okay. Mind you, this aspect of James 5, 13 through 15 is all about cause and effect. If you're suffering, pray. As simple as that answer is, as simple as direct and direct that answer is, I know it irritates so many Christians. 
Pray? What do you mean praying? I'm suffering here. I'm drowning here. Let me give you a case study. You got Peter, who's in the boat with the disciples, see Jesus walking on water. They originally thought that was a ghost, but Peter asked, Jesus, if it's you, call me out onto the water and walk to you. What did Jesus say? He said, come. Peter started walking for the first two, three, maybe four steps, focusing on Jesus. What happens? His, his, his point of reference, his view got distorted and got, and he was distracted by the wind and the waves and the rain falling. Because mind you, this was in the middle of a storm. With that, Peter began to drown. He immediately began to sink and called out unto, called out to Jesus. Jesus literally reached down and picked him up and put him back in the boat. I don't know about you, but that's some superhuman strength. So if there's any if there's any question as to who's the first superhuman, who's the first superhero, my money's on Jesus. But that's neither here nor there. Okay? When we allow ourselves to be distracted, we lose sight in the midst of our struggles. We lose sight in the midst of the storm. Because suffering, our sufferings is just a storm that we endure only for our, for our time. Okay? As we learned in James chapter 1, that, it, that, it, that, that various trials and tribulations we will face. Meaning what? That trials don't last long. Tribu that the seasons of trials and tribulations, they don't last long. But there is a purpose for them. So is our times of suffering. Our times of suffering is to break our pride and to cause us to, 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 to be humble, to come to the Lord and be like, look, I can't do this on my own. This is nearly impossible for me. I need your help. See, sufferings, trials, and tribulations are meant to, not just, not meant to break us in the sense of like mental breakdown, you know, just like completely deconstruction. No, that's not the point. The point is to break off the things that are not of God that do not resonate with the character of God, that, that, that aren't, is to break off the things that are contradictory to the person of Jesus Christ, so we may be, so in that way when people see us, they see who, we're, who we were created to be. That is, we were creating the likeness and image of God, according to Genesis 1, 27 and 28. We were made in the likeness and image of God. We were formed in fashion in our mother's womb. For his word says that we were fearfully and wonderfully made. How can we show that we are fearfully and wonderfully made if yet we operate in pride? Yet we operate with anxiety and worry. How can we show that we are fearfully and wonderfully made if yet we're still struggling with addictions. We're still struggling with, with, with perverse language. 
I'm not going to lie. I deal with it myself sometimes. I do. I'm going to be honest. I've been having these breakdown moments as of late. I have. Not going to front you. I, I've I've struggled with my faith as of late. Why? I to be honest, I couldn't even tell you. But all I know is that there's times where I feel like I'm suffering. There's times where I feel miserable. There's times where I feel as if God is not in my corner. I'm not going to lie to you. I battle with it just like any any other Christian. The only difference is who's bold enough to actually share their struggle. Not after the fact. Yes, I do agree because I do it myself. That there are certain things that do not need to be mentioned. The less people know, the better. Why? Because you do not know who that Judas is in your circle. You don't. So what do you got to do? Keep your mouth shut. Find the person who you could actually be transparent with. Maybe it is your pastor. Maybe it's the person who's discipling you. Maybe it's another pastor or elder whom you know you can trust with everything that you've got to say. And they're the ones that can pray you through it. They're the ones that can walk with you and, re- and put their arm over, put your arm over their shoulders and say, look, I know it's tiring. I'm going to help you. I'm going to be here for you and fight with you. Okay? But that's where James gets at later on in verse 15. Okay? But it's all about cause and effect. If you're suffering, pray. Humble yourself and let God know what you're going through. Yes, He's all-knowing, but He wants to hear from you. I know my kids get thirsty and hungry. That's cool. They want snacks. They want something to drink. Awesome. But ask me and let me know what's wrong versus throwing a fit and whining. So I'm trying to get my kids to understand. I cannot help you if you do not talk to me. That's how God is. He cannot help you if you do not talk to him. You cannot build a relationship with God if you have, if you have moments of silence with him. In the sense that you do not pray. You do not talk to him, nor do you read his word. Because how can you be familiar with the voice of God if you do not read his word that already has the answers necessary for you to overcome the very struggles and battles that you face? Tell me, how? Because you can't. God is about community. God is about unity. God's about fellowship and communion with one another. That we may edify, correct, exhort, and rebuke. Four aspects when it comes to having communion with God. When it comes to having relationship and discipling one another. As iron sharpens iron, so shall one man sharpen another. Guess what? Sparks are going to fly. But the question is, are you, are you better for it? 
Are you going to be better because of it as a result of you being sharpened? Or are you just going to continue staying dull? I'd rather be sharpened, to be honest. I'd rather be sharpened. And that's what the Apostle James is pointing out in verses 13 through 15. Sparks are going to fly. But the question is, what are you going to do as a result of your struggle? What are you going to do as a result of your sicknesses? Are you just going to just allow, just go through it and not have God intervene? Are you not going to call on your brothers and sisters in faith, those who, who, who are, who are like-minded and pray with you? That you be persistent in your prayer and have God heal you and deliver you? Or are you just going to let bygones be bygones and just suffer through it? And just wallow and just cry and say, woe is me. Now, let me, I say all that to say this. There are some people who, whom God will not heal. It's not because of the lack of faith. It's not because, it's not because they sinned by any means. There's some people who will not be healed. There are some people who will not raise from the dead. Just, how can I explain it? I can't. All I can say is that God has a purpose for it all. One, it could be to spare them from the suffering that is to come in the years ahead. It could be God is using the very, the very sickness or disease that they're struggling with that they're fighting through to build up somebody else's faith. Very well could be. Who are we to question as to why? But does this mean that, that we, 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 we stop praying for healing? Does this mean that we stop praying that, that our brothers and sisters in the faith or family members, we, we stop praying for them to be delivered? By no means, no. Keep praying. Keep seeking. Keep asking. For all we know, God will probably answer. But the only way we will ever find out is if we pray and we are persistent and we continue to do so. But I will say this. Do not wag a finger at God's face if he doesn't answer you in the in the desire that you want. Because at the end of the day, God is sovereign. His will will be carried out because His word does not return back void, but goes forth fulfilled what it's been sent out to do. So, allow me to say this, that if God answers your prayer for healing and deliverance, praise God. If God doesn't answer your prayer, for healing and or deliverance. Praise God anyways. Because that means. Because his ways are not our ways. His thoughts are not our thoughts. How high. How deep. How wide is his love for us. 
there's just some things that we'll never understand on this side of heaven. But when we get to the other side, on the other side of heaven, we can we can ask him, why did you let this happen? What was the purpose behind this? And I'm pretty certain at that point in time, he'll be more than willing to share. Okay. Real quick, let's continue on. Verse 16 on down. Reads, the prayer of faith will save the sick, will save the sick person, and the Lord will raise him up. If he has committed sins, he will be forgiven. Therefore, confess your sins to one another and pray for one another, so you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person is very powerful in its effect. Elijah was a human being, as we are, and he prayed earnestly that it would be, it would not rain. Excuse me, and for three and a half years, it did not rain on the land. Then he prayed again, and the skies opened opened up, and, and rain fell upon the land and produced fruit. Now, let me say this. Your sickness or disease can be brought upon him, can be brought about because of hidden sin or generational curses. Okay? But it's up to you to ask the Holy Spirit to do a work in you to expose the very generational curses or if you have sinned against God that has given room to the enemy for the very sickness or disease to be produced on the inside of you. Okay? Then it's your job after that to go through the process of, the, of being delivered from it, confessing the sin, repenting of the sin, and asking for forgiveness. It's gone through the process of recognizing the generational curse, repenting of the generational curse, renouncing of the generational curse, and putting on the new man and being rid of the old man. That being of what the bloodline used to be, and that you are now being rejuvenated and being renewed in the in the bloodline of Christ, that you may go through the process of being healed and delivered from every sickness and disease and infirmity, because it has already been struck down and destroyed by the power of the cross, because his word says in the book of Isaiah that by his stripes we are we were healed, we were made new. Okay? He was beaten for our transgressions and bruised for our iniquities. Okay, this is what the word teaches us. It's us going through the process of going through the scriptures and finding scriptures on healing and wholeness and restoration and redemption. Looking up scriptures that that pertain to freedom and being a new creation in Christ Jesus. Okay. That's what that's what part of the job will entail. Okay, when it comes to confessing our sins to one another. The other part that is shown here with the Apostle James is accountability to God and to our fellow brothers and sisters. Accountability to God and to our fellow brothers and sisters. Okay, how is this so? Well, if we are to sin, or if we do sin, if we do commit a sin against God, guess what? The only way to embarrass the sin is to confess the sin and to expose the sin. 
How do you do that? By confessing your sin to God and to your fellow brothers and sisters in Christ. Or, one, number one, your spouse. Always your spouse first. Number two, a fellow pastor or elder of the church that you're a part of. That you know will not bring forth condemnation against you. Because remember, there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. But wherever sin abounds, grace abounds much more. This is his word. And mind you, his word also states, the word of the Lord also states, that his mercies are new every morning. Okay? If they are not operating with this mindset, you do not go to them and confess your sin unto them. You don't. Because guess what? You're opening a door for church hurts to come in and allow them to go ahead and function in the role of a Judas or a Jezebel. With a Jezebel type spirit who will go ahead and take your very sin and lord it over you. Okay? That's why I said you always confess your sins to your spouse first, then your pastor or elder or an elder of the church whom you know you can confide in and who will stand with you and cover you with grace and with mercy and will shower you with the love of Christ. Okay? You got to be mindful of that. Because it's very easy for us to confess to anyone and anyone. But it's... But it's more important for you to be diligent in whom you confess your sins to. You have to be diligent. You have to be mindful. Because it could end up being used against you versus them working with you. Okay? You've got to be careful with that. But the first person... The first one to ever know of it all is God. Because He is Lord over all. He is your Lord and your Savior. When you confess to God, He covers it with His grace, with His mercy, and washes it over with the blood of the Lamb. Then you confess it to your spouse if you're married. Then you confess it to a leader whom you can trust yourself to. Okay? This is the order in which James is speaking about. Okay? And also, notice how James begins to enter in the case study of Elijah. The power of effective prayer. Because what did Elijah do? He sought the face of God earnestly and prayed with earnest and prayed earnestly. In other words, with passion, with power, and made an appeal unto heaven. To the creator, to God, the creator of the heavens and the earth, the author and the perfecter of his faith, and appeal to God's judge, to God's character and judgment. Because Elijah did that, guess what? It didn't reign over the kingdom of Israel, over the nation of Judah, for three and a half years. Then, Elijah prayed for rain. And it began to rain. 
when you go back to the book of second kings or first king rather you will see that elijah saw i believe it's somewhere in the 20s that after praying earnestly for rain to fall he sent his servant out seven times and the servant said that there was only a cloud as small as as small as big as a man's hand elijah saw it knew what it meant he outran his servant to king ahab and informed him to prepare because rain is coming then elijah in his 80s outran king ahab and his chariots hiking up his his tunic his robe and darting like a bat out of hell as it were ahead of king ahab and it began to rain your prayers can change much it could change your circumstance it could change the suffering your prayers can heal your prayers can can help bring forth the process of restoration your prayers can shower can can bring forth grace and mercy to those who feel undeserving and unworthy your prayers can break through enemy lines and bring forth deliverance your prayers are a form of warfare against the kingdom of darkness against the gates of hell your prayers aren't just words being thrown out into space in hopes that something happens no when you pray earnestly like elijah things will begin to happen there will be a shift that will begin to take place and manifest not just in your life but in the life of your neighbors in the life of your wife and in the life of your children and in the life of your husband in the life of the leaders of the church that you are a part of in the life of your of the nation that you are interceding for in the life of the world in which you are a part of your prayers carry weight your prayers are effective this is a prayers of a righteous man avails much guess what you are made righteous in Christ Jesus for you are a new creation in Christ Jesus as second Corinthians says you are a new creation in Christ Jesus for the old has passed away yet behold the new has come for though your sins made you as red as scarlet it's the blood of the lamb that washes over you and makes you white as wool okay for you are redeemed by the blood of the lamb and the word of your testimony for Christ is the only one who is righteous for no one was righteous or worthy enough to be the sacrifice to save the world but it was Christ alone the word becoming flesh who was perfect and yet did not sin carry the sin upon the the weight of the sin of the world upon his back and took it to the cross that we may live and not die that we may have eternal life and be co- be made co-heirs with Christ Jesus okay you are sought as righteous in the eyes of God because of what Christ did for you and for me therefore the very prayers that we make intercession with 
the very prayers that we release, the very the very passion and, and the earnest prayers that we release into the atmosphere, and that we call upon the name of Christ to help us with, guess what? God will in turn do a work. Okay? So I encourage you, understand this. For every cause, for everything that happens, you are to respond with an effect. If you are suffering, the effect ought to, it ought to cause you to pray. If you are going through a time of blessing, rejoice. Be glad in it. Okay? Praise the Lord. If you are sick, go to the elders. It ought to push you to seek prayer. To find people to stand with you, to stand in the gap, to mind the gap, to pray with you that you be healed and be made new, that your body be restored and be made whole, that deliverance begins to manifest, and that any wicked spirit that has been given room to be on the inside of you, that has caused you to be demonized that it be removed now in the name of Jesus Christ. Because every knee will bow and every tongue must confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. So I urge you, I challenge you, I implore you, whatever life brings at you, be sure to bring it to the feet of the Lord God Almighty. Burst through the throne room, for you are co-heirs with Christ. Therefore, you have permission to enter into the throne room of heaven. And you are to bring it to the feet of the Father. And He will hear your cry. And He will respond accordingly to His sovereign will. Okay? But do not give up just because just because you do not hear a response. Keep praying. Keep pressing through. Allow God and give Him the permission to operate in you, through you, and on your behalf. And watch what God can and will do for you. But even if He doesn't give you the answer you want, as difficult as it may be, praise Him anyways. Worship His name anyways. Exalt His name anyways. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. With that being said, guys, I love you much. I want to thank you for joining me on this episode of Warring Wednesday. Or, I'm sorry, Warring Wednesday. I'm getting my days mixed up. What's going on here? I want to thank you guys for joining me on this episode of Fired Up Radio as we have gone through James chapter 5, verses 13 through 18. Next Monday, we will finish up the book of James. Uh, I am considering another small book of the Bible that we could take our time through and just read and just enjoy. Um, we'll do that and then uh, we'll see where we go from there. Alright? That being said, guys, I love you much. Be blessed. Have a great day. And I'll see you guys for Wednesday, Warring Wednesday, as we take another portion of Scripture and pray the Word of God. Not just pray with it, but pray it.
All right. Love you guys. Be blessed. Have a great day. Until next time.